Today on the newscast, Israel and Hamas have agreed to a ceasefire. What are the big takeaways from this latest Gaza war? Get my take coming up. Hey folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman newscast. Well, after 11 days of intense fighting, we have a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas. The two sides came to an agreement late Thursday night, and as of today, Friday, May 21st, that ceasefire still holds, and we have quiet. Now, Hamas is declaring victory. Israel, on the other side, says, look, we have severely weakened Hamas. We have accomplished all of our objectives, and Israeli leaders believe they have set back Hamas's capabilities by at least five years. They are hoping and praying for relative calm and peace over the next few years in the wake of this campaign. So today, before we head into the weekend, I just want to give you kind of a wrap-up on this latest Israel-Hamas war. Here are a few of the key takeaways. Number one, Hamas clearly, and by extension, its fellow Iran-backed terror group, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, they have been weakened severely. Israel targeted with hundreds of airstrikes over a week and a half span the Hamas military, cyber, intelligence, terror, even naval infrastructure in Gaza. Think of some of those high-rise buildings that the Israeli Air Force targeted that housed a great deal of Hamas's operation. Uh, Probably the crown jewel in many ways of this Israeli campaign, according to the Israel Defense Forces, was the way they decimated that city beneath the city, that vast underground terror tunnel network that Hamas had spent the better part of the past seven years building and developing. Hamas moved fighters, moved weapons, rockets through this vast network, again, beneath the ground, tunnel after tunnel stretching for miles beneath the Gaza Strip. Well, the Israeli Air Force really put a dent in that, and they say it is a severe blow to Hamas's operations that will set them back by a few years at least. So those are some of the accomplishments on the Israeli side. Also, the elimination of several top Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad leaders and commanders by the Israel Defense Forces. The big fish is still out there, the head of Hamas's military wing, Mohammed Def. Twelve people killed in Israel, including some people who were not Israeli citizens. They were guest workers from Thailand. And on the Palestinian side, now this is according to Hamas. The Gaza Ministry of Information is run by Hamas, so take it with a grain of salt, I guess. They say over 200 Palestinians were killed. Israel says at least 160 of those Palestinian casualties were uh, Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad fighters. Which brings us to another big takeaway. Before I get to that Iran takeaway, I wanted to mention uh, horrific, horrific, Double war crime committed by Hamas once again in this war, uh, not only targeting intentionally Israeli civilians, men, women, children, of course, but Palestinian children. Folks, Hamas does not care about innocent Palestinian children. That's why, once again in this war, they used women, children, the elderly as human shields. They intentionally placed rocket launchers in densely populated civilian areas. Not only that, Hamas fired over 4,000 rockets uh, during this campaign. Hundreds of those rockets did not reach their intended target, Israel. They fell inside Gaza and killed several Palestinian civilians. 
So Hamas is making life miserable, not only for civilians in Gaza, but in Israel as well. And by the way, one of the other big takeaways here, of course, is the sheer volume of rockets that was fired now. We had one barrage fired by Hamas, at least 130 rockets in a span of five minutes. Bigger rockets, more powerful rockets with bigger payloads, reaching at a further distance. I'm talking not just southern Israel, around the Gaza border this time, folks. They reached Tel Aviv on a regular basis. Central Israel, hundreds upon hundreds of rockets reaching central Israel, not just here and there, sporadically, but on a regular basis throughout those 11 days of fighting. Clearly, Hamas has improved their capabilities. That's another big takeaway here. But that brings us to Iran, which has helped Hamas improve those capabilities. I said it throughout this campaign, and I hate to frame it like this, but I don't know what other phrase to use. Dry run, dress rehearsal, call it what you will. But the Iranian regime employed Hamas and Islamic Jihad in Gaza. And then they sat back over these past two weeks and they took notes, quite literally, and they observed the kind of damage that was wrought by their proxies against Israel. They observed the reaction, the response of Israeli civilians, the Israeli military, the Israeli government, the international community, the Biden administration. Iran observed all of this because they are reserving their most lethal proxy, Hezbollah, and that entire ring of fire that we've talked about here so often on the newscast for a future engagement. Hey, Hamas kind of activated this time and, and Iran was testing the waters. How much damage can Hamas do? Hezbollah, a whole other level, folks, of lethality, at least 150,000 rockets and missiles pointed at every inch of Israel. Although the Iron Dome missile defense system had a great success rate during this campaign, shooting down some 90% of those incoming Hamas rockets, Hamas showed the future blueprint here. They want to overwhelm Iron Dome with the sheer volume of rockets fired at once, Look, Hamas has over 10,000 rockets. Hamas and Islamic Jihad, probably close to 20,000 rockets combined. That stockpile, thankfully, is probably depleted uh, after the past week and a half. But Hezbollah, 150,000. Talk about volume and the ability to launch thousands of rockets per day. Not just over 4,000 over 11 days, which was bad enough, as we just observed, but thousands in a day. That ring of fire. Hamas, Islamic Jihad to the south, Hezbollah to the north, in Lebanon and in Syria, the Houthis in Yemen to the south, Iraqi Shia militias to the east, Israel encircled with that ring of fire. So Iran is setting things up strategically. They know what they want to do. They've succeeded now in surrounding Israel on all sides. And this was a test run for a greater conflict to come. Final thoughts here. How did this conflict start? Folks, it was not because of the controversy surrounding Sheikh Jarrah and the fact that some Palestinian families there may be evicted. That's a land dispute. It's in the courts right now. That was not the cause. It was used by Hamas as an excuse and a pretext to launch rockets, as was the unrest atop the Al-Aqsa Mosque or in the Al-Aqsa Mosque atop the Temple Mount, where I'm sad to say uh, Palestinian rioters were storing weapons inside the mosque and not only using them, Molotov cocktails, rocks against Israeli police, but raining them down on Jewish worshipers at the Western Wall below. So that was the truth of what happened. 
And that has been used, sadly, as an excuse for Hamas, almost justifying Hamas's rocket onslaught, and many in the international media have taken that narrative and they've run with it. That's not the reason for the war. Occupation was not the reason for this latest war either, folks, because in 2005, every last Israeli left Gaza. Hamas has sole control over the Gaza Strip. And when we're talking about Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, to call Israel occupiers there is a bit ludicrous in my view. These are lands that the Jewish people lived in over 3,000 years ago. How could Israel occupy Jerusalem, their ancient and ancestral capital? So it's not because of occupation ultimately, and it's not because Israel does not want peace. Hey, look, Israel has made peace with four Arab Muslim nations in the past nine months alone, courtesy of the Abraham Accords. And of course, Israel has longstanding peace agreements uh, with Jordan and Egypt as recently as 2008. The then Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Olmert offered Mahmoud Abbas, the current Palestinian Authority president, half of Jerusalem and most of Judea and Samaria, also known as the West Bank, Mahmoud Abbas refused. At least five times over the past several decades, Israel has made similar offers. Each time that hand of peace has been slapped away. The real reason for this war and for the suffering of Palestinian children and Israeli children on both sides, Hamas is committed to Israel's destruction. In their founding charter, Hamas laid out, we exist, the sole rationale for our existence is not to improve the lives of the Palestinian people. It is to destroy the state of Israel. That's the reason this keeps happening. Over the past decade and a half, these showdowns between Israel and Hamas and Gaza, and the larger reason looming in the background is the Iranian regime, which uses Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad in Gaza as subsidiaries and uses them for their own diabolical aims to destroy the state of Israel. Iran is the head of the snake, folks, and we saw it once again during this latest round of hostilities. So you want to get to root causes, as a lot of people are talking about. Look no further than Hamas's ideology, their founding ideology, and to the Iranian regime in Tehran, which is the puppet master causing the discord in the Middle East right now. And that's the truth of the situation. The battle over Jerusalem will intensify in the days to come. Bank on it. This is prophetic. I think of Zechariah chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, which says that Jerusalem will become a cup of trembling. It will become a burdensome stone, and any nation that comes against it will be cut to pieces. That is God's city, and He has a deed to the city of Jerusalem, folks. So stay tuned, because the world's attention more and more will be turned towards Jerusalem. Not D.C., Berlin, Tokyo, Beijing, Jerusalem. More and more in the days to come, bank on it. And do not fret and do not be fearful about what's happening in the Middle East right now and how it affects all of us, quite frankly. I said it yesterday, I'll say it again from Second Timothy. As we head into the weekend, we are called not to have a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I'm sticking to that. That's the way to go. The peace that surpasses all understanding. Hey, thanks so much for joining us this week and for all of our coverage of this Israel-Hamas war. We're glad there is a ceasefire. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem and for a lasting peace. Stay tuned. We will have the on-the-ground reports for you right here 
on the Watchman Newscast. Until next time, God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.